Hey there! Welcome to this episode of Girls Just Want to Tell Stories, a show about friendship from childhood to middle age and all the stories in between. In this episode, we're telling stories about friends facing life's challenges with openness, awareness, and grace, and how to overcome difficult times with the love and support of friends. Friends are there for each other in happy times, as well as times of heartbreak and sorrow. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Janine. Welcome to this episode of Girls Just Want to Tell Stories. In this episode, we're talking about what to do when a friend is experiencing a difficult situation in their life and how to be a supportive friend. This might include, you know, losing a job. It might include, um, you know, a relationship breaking up. And it may very well include loss um, that is the the death of a friend or a family member. So we are tackling some some big subjects today and um, hope to share our stories to help you um, when you find yourself in the place of either needing a friend or, or being a friend that can be supportive. Yes, um, um, not easy to talk about. Um, as we, before this taping, had said, you know, sometimes the universe presents an opportunity. And unfortunately, we received some, you know, devastating news about a very dear friend of ours before the taping of our second episode. And we pushed through and we taped. And then um, later that week, I was speaking to a friend who's in our circle. And she said, you know, Katie, it's authentic. And maybe you should have talked about that because we're all, you know, really going through a very heavy time. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that. And she's right. And we want our show to resonate with our listeners. And we can't do that if we're always sugarcoating or trying to make things always seem like happy because there are times in life when things get a little heavy. And prior to this episode, I did a little research because, you know, for myself personally and, you know, culturally, we are afraid of death. We don't talk about death. We avoid the discussion. And over the past century, according to psychology today, death American style, death and sex have been battling it out for the number one spot of the unmentionables in America. And how sad that death is now the number one unmentionable topic or forbidden quotient, as they said. And um, additionally, looking at our culture and death, I discovered that it wasn't until after the Civil War that there became a real need for the undertaker. And... um, that position took from the families. Families used to prepare the bodies for death and or the embalming, which I'm not sure even what that means, but they would prepare the bodies. And actually, you'll have to check me if I'm wrong, my listeners, but I think that the living room initially was a viewing room. Like the body would be in the living room and people would come and pay their last respects. And that's why the living room was created. Um, interestingly. Yeah. But by one by having an undertaker right it it removes us from that nitty gritty process and i think in that we became um more fearful death became a negative subject people began to brood about it and really we all know going in that that's going to be the eventuality so i don't know why we don't talk about it more openly and share 
our, you know, what we want, what share our wishes with our friends and our families. And I think particularly in Western, Western culture, uh, this is an issue. And um, I know our experiences are, are unique as kids growing up. So being from an Italian Catholic family, um, we were closer to the, the, to pro- the process of death. You know, I, um, I know now a lot of people who have, they'll tell me as adults, they've never been to a funeral or, um, and I think before I hit my high school graduation, I had, had been to, uh, you know, a half a dozen because, um, we, the tradition and the culture of our, and our family was to, um, to honor that person and their life. Um, and, and that kids did not have to be sheltered from that because it is a part of the life cycle. And, um, so I attended all of my great grandparents, um, that were living when I was alive, uh, those funerals. And then, um, I was really fortunate that my grandparents all lived to be, um, of advanced age. And so I was in my thirties and forties when I was attending their funerals. And, and actually my son attended, you know, some of those funerals as well. So that was my experience. And so I feel like it's, um, and it's, it's presented itself in a very close way to, in, in later stages where I've, I've lost my dad and my uh, ex-husband has passed away. So my son has lost his father. Um, and I don't know, you know, I have to have to think that um, our reactions to those deaths were maybe different than someone who had been sheltered by it, who hadn't had a family that talked about it or that their uh, religion or their culture didn't, didn't kind of um, recognize uh, that stage of life. Right. And, and what right. comes uh, later. Well, and I think you're, is. I think you're very fortunate in that fact. As I was 12 years old, when my namesake, Granny Katie died and my family was like, Oh my God, kids don't go to a funeral, keep the kids away. And I remember at 12 thinking, well, this is BS. I was named after her. She was very important to me. Why don't I get to go and to this process and say my goodbyes and, and celebrate her life. You know, she was very, very important to me. And I, I just, I'll never forget that feeling as a kid, like, well, we can't go. Well, why our feelings don't matter. Our, our emotions are less than an adult. It was very odd. It was very odd. And then I think you're set set you up to, to fear something that is like you were saying, a natural part of life. Um, And uh, you know, as I was thinking about this topic, I, I really, you know, thought back to my, some of my training as a, a yoga instructor. And one of the lessons that really struck out, stuck out with me in the, in the Buddhist tradition is the fact that we suffer because we are attached, right? Sometimes to material right. things, but also to a way of life or, or relationships. And um, that attachment is what causes our suffering because nothing is permanent. Everything is impermanent. We are all always evolving, changing in some way, and things do end. And when we can come to a place of acceptance with that, um, we can find more peace. And, um, and I know, you know, in lots of conversations I'm having with people, that's, we're looking for, for some of that, um, peace. And that's, that's one way to, to, to maybe kind of adjust our, our mindset. Um, and, and what that leads to is an elevated sense of being present with what is now, right? To yes, yes. Who knows Love next that. week 
if we'd be able to do this podcast, something could happen. So we have to be here and be in the now and be present with people. Um, and when people are suffering, when they are having a difficult time, that is, I think, one of the greatest gifts that we can provide is, is being present with people, right? Showing up for them um, and um, looking them in the eye and, and saying, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, because I think one of the things we've talked about is it's, it's hard to know what to say sometimes when someone is in pain and, and clearly um, in need of support. And so we wanted to talk today with you uh, all about what, what, what's helpful in these situations to maybe offer somebody. Well, and I found it interesting just in doing, you know, just research, you know, why are we so afraid of death, the American culture? And um, one article quoted, death and dying is a very un-American experience, which I thought was funny. But, you know, this whole, you know, cowboy up and individualistic, I'm going to take it on. I can do all of these things. And, and one thing that I've been very guilty of saying to people that I've known who've you know, got, gotten a diagnosis with cancer is you got this, you got this, you're going to fight it, you, you know, and, and maybe that's my way of saying, oh, God, you know, I personally am having an issue processing this information. So I'm going to just charge into this cheerleading mode. And instead of just really, as you were just saying, be present, take it in and just be real and allow them the space to share what they need to share. Um, a really good friend of ours who's in our circle is having some really challenging times. And she's actually really opened my eyes to things that are cringeworthy, like the, you got this, versus being able to say, oh, wow, it seems like, you know, you're having a hard time, you know, hang in there. I believe in you. I'm here for you. How is it that I can help you today? Yeah. Yeah. I know we... I've turned to um, Brene Brown's work. We admire her, her yes. work in, in Love uh, Brene. looking at vulnerability and shame and, um, and, and so much about relationships. And I really have looked at her work around empathy and people even understand the difference between sympathy and empathy and, and empathy really being feeling with people. Um, and, yes. I love that uh, feeling you know, that, with people. Right. And, you know, our tendency is to want to make it better. And, in, and and whether you're like us, the consummate cheerleader and wanting to cheer people on, um, or even if, if you're not the person that sees the glass half full, we still want to make it better for people when we can. Um, and and that's that's not possible always. And in fact, one of my favorite phrases that, that Brene shares is to say to somebody, when you don't know what to say, to say that exact thing to say, geez, I, I really don't know what to say, but I'm so glad you told me. Tell me more. Yes, right? yes. And that opens that door to that space you were talking about for people to um, to share, to share with you. And and to help give a little bit of, of Brene's, this is her, her kind of model around empathy. Um, first, you want to listen to take in that perspective. What What is, where is this person? What are they feeling, right? Because it's not, we can't place ourselves in the situation and think, well, this is how I would feel. We need to know what are they feeling. Um, and we need to suspend our judgment around whatever that might be, because maybe that's not the way we would have reacted. Um, and then we need to help them uh, understand and recognize the emotion um, by using questions. You seem frustrated. Um, 
tell me, right. Tell me if right. that's the case or how are you feeling and really not shying away and avoiding the emotions in the situation um, by trying to make it feel better, um, but to allow the space to name it and to claim it. And when a person yep. can do that, when a person feeling these emotions can do that, they can, they can find a little bit of relief and, and move through the emotion and maybe not in that moment, but it's, it's part of the healing process, I think, to help people understand um, because the grief, when we're grieving, there are lots of different emotions, right? There is sadness, but there is anger and there are a lot of emotions. And so where you might catch a friend um, can be very different from what you might've expected in that moment. And, and uh, when Brene talks about shame too, and sometimes people actually, you know, move into shame around how they're feeling, because maybe I'm feeling angry about the fact that my, you know, dad was taken when he was in his early sixties, but um, I need to sit with that. And as my friend, you need to sit with me in that. Yes. Yes. No, I love that to sit with you. Um, Well, uh, another dear friend who just lost her mother to cancer um, when her mother was just going into hospice care, you know, we had been texting back and forth, you know, I'm in Florida, she's in California. And I was looking at my phone one morning having my coffee and I realized, Oh shoot, I never answered her. So I try to be cognizant of the time difference, but I thought I'm just going to text her and then she can call me when she gets up or whatever. And I texted her just, I'm I'm thinking about you. I'm sorry. I didn't reach back out. And then she called me. It was 4.30 in the morning, California time. And she called me and she said, you know, I'm having insomnia. I'm really upset. I'm really sad. And she really had this burst of emotion. And I was really glad that I could be there for her and just, you know, have that moment as, you know, you were just saying to sit with her with it. And, you know, as we age and gain experience in this subject, unfortunately, I think that we understand that um, being empathetic is just a lot of times just being present. Shifting to some of our personal experiences with death, I clearly remember the first death that had a major life impact for myself and my husband was when Dominic died and he was my husband's best friend and he was the best man at our wedding. And um, God, it chokes me up every time. Um, When he died, suddenly, the very first thought I had was, did he know how much I loved him and cared about him? Because I don't ever remember telling him. I mean, every time we were with him, it was like raising our kids and having fun or a party. And when they're gone suddenly, you realize, oh my God, they were so important to me. How did I not tell him how much I loved him and cared about him? So after he died, it became this shift in my life where I really would share with people, I love you. Thank you for being my friend. And and you end a lot of phone calls with, I love you which I never would have done before, but it really made such an impact that I thought I want people in my life while I have the ability to share with them how much they mean to me. I want them to know. That's one of those things when we were younger, I think we naturally did as, you know, middle schoolers, we would write notes. We would write on each other's like peachy folders, draw a heart. <laughs> I love you. Peachy, peachy folders. You know, we, we really were yes. responsive, I think. And I don't think we were unique in that. Maybe we were, but I, I do feel like over time you lose that. Um, and part of it's the busyness of life. We don't pause and, and kind of tell people, you know, how much they mean to us. And, you know, and for our listeners, this, um, this 
life lesson for you happened over 20 years ago, right? You were in your yep, early 20 30s. years this year. Yes. Yeah, you were in yep. your early thirties and, um, and, and how many people have benefited. This is also, I think an important part of this subject is what death can teach those of us that keep on living. Right. And how, and do we use those lessons? And it sounds like you definitely, I know I receive, I receive those kind words and those loving words from you. And, but I do think too, one of the things we haven't said on the show yet um, is anything about nicknames. And one of Katie's nicknames is the SB for social butterfly, because she has this tendency to kind of bring people together. And I, I do feel like as the decades have marched on, you particularly in, in our circle of friends have part of, part of this glue that helps bring us together, especially at times when maybe we've drifted lives, our lives have kind of taken taken away. And, and, and maybe that's rooted in that experience that you had. I mean, I think you've always had that. The SB nickname goes back a long way. Yeah, it but, does. It does. But I do think that you have been very proactive in making sure that the people, the friends like myself in your life know how much we mean. And one of the things we really want to inspire and encourage our listeners from this episode is to, to take to take that time to tell people how you feel um, and share with them um, what they mean in your life. And, and, um, and we hope that you'll, you'll reach out to people and and make that a practice. We make some, that just becomes part of how you end a conversation or, um, yes, you know, I, it makes me think of the work that I do with people uh, in the uh, leadership coaching that I do. We often talk about recognition and feedback and, um, and the best feedback is specific feedback. So it is awesome to tell somebody that you love them or you think they're awesome, or you're really glad that they are your friend, but also really telling them specifically what it is that you appreciate about them. Um, what, what it is that you admire about them, why it is you're grateful that the friendship has endured. So, so, you know, be as specific as you can with people when you, when you do reach out and share those, um, those words with them and, and, and don't wait. Right. None yes. of us, nope. Nope. none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow um, ever. Nope. And so nope. you got to wake I up. Think, yep. That's, that's one thing that I definitely took away from that experience. And, um, and something else that was so touching to me and we, as a general rule on our podcast, will refrain from using names whenever possible. You know, we want to tell our stories, but we don't want to, you know, include names that, you know, maybe their story doesn't, you know, they don't want to be involved. But um, if you ever listen to this podcast, Chrissy A., I want you to know how much one action that you took, sorry, how much it meant to me after Dominic died, you don't know, you sometimes don't know when you're the person that's going through the pain, you don't really know what to say, like, or or how people can help you. And Chrissy had loss of her own, pretty intense loss. So she unfortunately knew what to do. And I came home one night and there was a full dinner on our front porch with a beautiful card. I mean, she cooked like this huge chicken and rice dinner and salad and bread and dessert. And it was just there. Like she didn't wait for me to say, Hey, could you do this? She just did it. And also from that day forward, I've learned to do the same thing. You don't wait for people when they're in the middle of this huge tragedy or going through some loss, you just do something for them. 
They might not even be able to articulate what they need, but that gesture meant so much. It was heartfelt. And I, to this day, brings me to tears, (laughs) brings me to tears. Yeah. I think that, you know, that idea of the person suffering doesn't, may not know what they need. And so sometimes just being a friend is, is, is taking the action you think they might need, Um, you know, and it's, it's meeting people where they're at sometimes. Right. Um, And so uh, you you never know um, when a small act that you might make can impact somebody, you know, like the story that you just shared. Um, And so it doesn't have to be a grand, huge gesture either. Right. Just that little, that little moment. And I know personally what we are going through with a very dear friend of ours, another person in our circle is constantly delivering food and doing nice things because she happens to be nearby. Neither of one of us are are nearby. And she took food recently and the food, you know, was enjoyed by the people that are going through this really hard time. And we got the text saying, thank you. We had toast tonight. And just that simple little thing meant so much that we can just make their day a little bit brighter while they're going through a very, very difficult time. And so, you know, we like to, to leave you all with that call to action. So doing something based on, on, on our conversation today and, um, I know this term ghosting is, is one we might be familiar with, and we're not talking about the kind where you've gone on a date and you don't want to go on another date. So you just don't respond back. Right. But sometimes it's this idea of um, we're maybe even unintentionally ghosting somebody because they are, maybe they're going through a divorce and they're this messy situation going on. And, and without meaning to, we haven't really maybe called them like we normally would or reached out to them because it's messy and, do we want to get in the middle of that? And so just checking yourself um, and doing the thing that maybe might feel hard for you. I mean, imagine how hard it is for this other person who's actually living the experience um, and reach well, out. And, right. And, and just avoiding the, oh, I don't want to bother them. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't, oh, I don't want to bother them. Oh, there's, they're, it's, you know, just a little, even a simple text thinking about you, love you. Yeah. They, uh, that, that would be uh, huge. To, to do, to do something like that. And, um, rather than, rather than avoiding it. Um, so feel with them, right. Show that you have yes. that empathy and, and feel with them. I, I want to share one, um, one other piece that we can take from the Latin culture. You know, they celebrate Dia de los Muertos, you know, day of the dead, which I know as an American, we might think, oh my gosh, they're celebrating the dead, but you know, they're celebrating life. They're celebrating at the end of your life. It should be celebrated. And I remember one time looking at the front cover of the newspaper and they had, it was a limousine and it was an older lady and she's out the limousine window with like champagne and she's like dancing. She was celebrating the life of her husband. And I remember looking at that thinking, oh, that's weird. But now I'm like, no, you know, we, we all have our moments of grieving, but celebrating and embracing, like what a great life they had and look at all the beautiful memories that they created and, you know, the family that they have. So I really just want that also to be a takeaway that like in these really awful, heavy times, we also celebrate all of the joy that that person brings to us or has brought to our lives and sharing their stories. I, you know, I briefly mentioned, um, 
the loss of my ex-husband and my son's father. And one of the ways that I try to honor his memory is to, to share the stories of our life together, of his life before me with our son, right? That those yes. memories, those stories, and, and not being afraid when we're with, that we talk, that we share stories, that sure. laughter, that it's okay to, that that's part of honoring somebody's life. Um, and I know one of the, um, you know, some of the stories we tell in our show here will be fun and silly and light. And today we told some more serious stories, but all of our stories are meant to um, inspire the connection between friends and to nurture those relationships in the good times when you're doing the fun things and in the difficult times, which we all will experience. And, you know, how we persevere, how we get through difficult times is with the support of our friends and our family. And we hope we've given you some um, things to think about today and and some actions to to take. So if we did inspire you today with this episode and you want more, you can find Girls Just Want to Tell Stories um, where you listen to your favorite podcasts, including uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, And please subscribe so you'll know when we um, release new episodes. And we look forward to, uh, to sharing our stories with the world. Thank you.